Hello and welcome to the Cricket Podcast with me, Jack Hope, Ross Legg, good afternoon, and Robin Hughes. Hello. Um, gents, what have you been up to with no cricket on the TV to, to catch up on over the last couple of days? I've just been sitting on my sofa looking into the wilderness, really, just absolutely nothing. It's pretty bleak. Yeah. Rob? Yeah, I've been reading about cricket. Reading about cricket. Um, and apart from that, yeah, looking into the middle distance. Trying to, try to fill that void. Yeah, exactly. I found, I found yeah. myself watching a 2005 Ashes documentary last night. Yeah. I didn't like that documentary very much. I thought it was a bit boring. It was like a really bad highlight package, but with like Ian Bell's thoughts and Ashley Giles like trying to cry. The director's uh, cover <laughs> film you don't want to see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a good, it was good. Yeah, you can watch better versions of it on YouTube if you want to experience I'm sure highlights. an extended highlights of the actual cricket it would be a better have, version of that yeah, yeah, documentary. Yeah, it didn't actually even have the bit where Simon Jones bowls Clark with the inswinger. Just they just didn't include the best bit. Well, fortunately, we've got that sound yeah, in our intro. We just heard that. Um, should we do a quick roundup of the World Cup games that didn't really mean anything but happened since our last pod? Yes, please. Um, so since the World Cup or the England celebration pod celebrating making semi-finals, um, which is as best England can really hope for so far. Yeah, I think, I mean, as England fans, we don't want to say we're going to win it outright. We, 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 we like to be in that middle ground. We haven't disgraced ourselves. We've met expectations. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Can we exceed expectations? That's the the key. Um, so since we spoke, uh, the West Indies beat Afghanistan by twenty three runs. Afghanistan did okay. Got two hundred eighty eight. I think they're top scorer of the tournament. Yeah. Uh, the bloke who uh, in, he's got a, Ali Keel. I think his surname is Ali Keel. Uh, he is the he has scored the most runs by an eighteen year old in a game in cricket World Cup history. Yeah, he took Tendulkar, wasn't it? He, he hit eighty six, and Tendulkar's record was eighty one. And if we know anything about development, that means he'll probably, in the fullness of time, be as good as Tendulkar. But, but I think so. If it's, not it's, better, if not better, yeah, he'll be just slightly better than Tendulkar, <laughs> based on the stats we have available. <laughs> uh, day after that, Pakistan beat Bangladesh by ninety four runs. Um, wasn't enough to overturn the net run rate deficit. I was really hoping on this that um, Pakistan were going to lose the toss and then Bangladesh's captain was just going <laughs> cho- just, just to choose the bat. <laughs> that would have been pretty funny. <laughs> that the whole nation would have hated, <laughs> hated him. That would have been amazing. Um, uh, yeah, uh, that was good. Mainly notable, I think. I think, didn't Shaheen Afridi get a load more wickets? Six for. Six for. Yeah. So, uh, the Buzz Lightyear, Buzz Lightyear lookalike. He does look like Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. He's, he's doing, he was, he's doing amazingly well. Yeah, considering he was rubbish. Yeah, so something, something ages. just clicked. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe it has something to do with him playing the bad teams. Perhaps. Possibly. Uh, then India beat Sri Lanka and South Africa lost Australia, which meant there's a switcheroo in terms of the South Africa beat Australia. Well, that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> so South Africa beat Australia, India beat Sri Lanka, and that meant there was a switcheroo in in the England semi-final. Yeah, I think which is a good sign for the format of the World Cup, like not knowing exactly what the positions are in the key positions in the table. Yeah, that's that's a good sign, I think. Or the top four were already penciled in, and Australia knew that they wanted to torpedo England's campaign in the semi-final stage yeah. rather than letting them get to the final. They didn't want anyone to doubt, because they were going to play at Lords, and they didn't want anyone to doubt like the validity of Australia's win when they win the final at Lords, <laughs> because like, we can't play there and they can. So they were like, we'll play them at Edgebaston, their fortress, and um, 
know. Is, is that what happened? <laughs> is Lords just actually not a very nice place to play cricket? I because th- overrated. I, th- I think it's overrated. I know. I think it's quite good for test matches. But we don't um, seem to do very well there, and, no, we're, we're, yeah, we've, and we've played there the most. But this is a, like what you kind of want, though, with home grounds. In, in Test cricket across the world, um, there's a massive bias in favour of the home team. So a home ground that you don't always win at is actually good for cricket. Yeah. I think, yeah, probably what's more likely is that <clears throat> Lords are so secure in their status as always going to be hosting England matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't have to pander to the England team by preparing wickets that yeah. suit them the best. Yeah, which is actually good for the world game. But I mean, week in, week out, Middlesex also disgrace themselves there. Yeah, well, maybe it's just well they too... don't they don't own Lords, do they? They well, borrow yeah. it from the MCC. Mm-hmm. So again, the MCC they know that Middlesex are probably going to have to play at Lords <laughs> a lot of the time, but they're going to have no say in how, how the wickets prepared. Right? They can they can produce wickets that are good for cricket. Yeah, as a whole, and t- and um, Tim Murtagh. Yeah, and Tim mostly Tim. Murtagh. Murtagh. <laughs> <laughs> where's the England Ireland Test match? Lords. And who's playing for Ireland? Timmy Mercer. Very yeah. true. He's going to rip out that top order. Yeah. So that'll be good. Um, does anyone have anything to say about those games that were sort of dead rubbers, but were actually quite entertaining? So it was, not, it was nice that um, South Africa finally turned up. Uh, Faf de Plessis just yeah. loves batting against Australia. Ever since, it was 2016, and there was the, the fight, wasn't it? Do you remember the fight? That happened between the sides. So it wasn't, it wasn't sandpaper. This was before sandpaper gate. There was a fight in the changing room and then the guys just came out in their towels and started having a bit of a brawl between the changing rooms. And ever since that, Faf de Plessis has just gone on a bit of a, a bit of a hot streak against Australia. Um, Rabada finally turned up at the World Cup yeah, as well. Yeah, he, he likes playing well. against Australia as well, doesn't he? Okay. Um, and it was, it was, I mean, I've got a little bit on the South Africa kind of finishing the World Cup, but Australia, it's probably a good thing for them to lose it had to happen sooner rather than later and maybe it's just the thing that they needed to galvanise yep. Kawaj is out so that might actually be a good thing yeah. for them I've got some stuff on Australia for the, the, the preview of them mm-hmm. um, does anyone have anything to say about those games before we move on with the rest of the show uh, in a way it might cement uh, South Africa's status as premier chokers because as soon as the pressure was off they were able to <laughs> Australia in the crunch matches yeah. they needed to win absolutely crumbled <laughs> So, yeah, fair yeah. enough. No, well done, South Africa. Um, with that out of the way, do you want to know what's on the show this week? Yes, please. Um, we're going to do a quick roundup of the group stage. Ross, I think you've got some information on that. A little bit of snippet for each of the sides. Well, what are we going to be talking about? Uh, we're going to sort of see who's retiring, so who's actually leaving the international game at the level we're playing at, if the ICC don't actually can ODI cricket just in general. <laughs> um, just a little, a couple of one-liners in each of them. Okay, so we'll be saying goodbye to some teams. Um, then we will be previewing the, the big ones the biggest games of the tournament so far rather obviously the semi-finals uh, India v New Zealand which will be on Tuesday indeed and England v Australia which will be on Thursday yep and I'm also going to talk a little bit about the women's ashes which uh, isn't going to plan is it fair to say for England no it's not I thought I was hoping you might have forgotten to do that but <laughs> we could bring that up it's, it's going to be part um, of the, tri- the, the trident of, of Australia attack to, uh, to England's hopes and glory this, uh, this summer <laughs> quickly then before we crack on there are some other things that have happened in cricket before we get to the main Agenda. Has Gary Balance scored another ton? Uh, Gary Balance failed this week. He's that is on the list. I don't remember his exact score, but it was less than thirty. It's a failure. Um, 
So he's he's slipping down the the race. I saw, I saw Joe Denley purely by being the incumbent is probably rising up the race. Yeah, I saw uh, David Milan hit 199. He did. Um, Don Sibley's in the Lions squad for their warm up game, so that'll be good. Did get out for two runs today though, That's, so it's not looking can't good. Win them all, can you? <laughs> um, the SCG has anyone seen this? The Sydney Cricket Ground in Australia. Uh, the Aussie Rules team there, mm-hmm. the Sydney Swans, have asked whether they'll maybe consider getting rid of the cricket square oh. at Australia's oldest ground. Um, it's not gone down that well with the cricket. I'm sure they'll consider it for about 30 seconds. Um, I, well, I think because it's like trust owned or something like that, there has to be like an inquiry into it and they have to, all the members get to say, I guess, say. Um, potentially complicating this, and I don't know if you've read into this at all, but the old, um, chairman of the SCG, apparently, like Rodney Cavalier, apparently he saw this coming, um, a few years ago and, uh, what he did is when they redeveloped some of the stands, he changed all the dimensions for getting vehicles onto the pitch, like for the Enamel or something. They got changed, and it means that you can't get a truck through onto the pitch. <laughs> so potentially, um, they could, well, like basically, they designed a floor into this uh, drop in pitch uh, system that means they couldn't bring the pitch inside <laughs> to like seriously do some redevelopment to, to do this you have to have respect for that man yeah, don't you that's, that's, a, to do. that is, that's, that's good foresight <laughs> um, there's some World Cup fallout okay um, Fawad Alam has been sent home by Afghanistan um, after misbehaving with a girl <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, so this is the guy the fast bowler with the headband oh, yeah. if you're trying to picture him uh, he He's been a little bit of a handful this tournament, I think it's fair to say. Uh, when they were playing down in Southampton, he went to spend the night in London with some of his friends. Um, didn't tell anyone. They were like looking around his room trying to find him. Um, just turned up when he felt like it. <laughs> um, it was banned for two games for that, so that's why he hasn't played the last two games of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently there's another incident. Um, according to ESPN, uh, in a game earlier in the tournament between India and Pakistan at Old Trafford, Alam turned up at the game unannounced and requested VIP access for himself and friends. Using his player's accreditation, he made his way to one of the hospitality rooms and refused to leave. <laughs> this guy's brilliant. <laughs> when security was summoned, his friends left, but Alam stayed. <laughs> Eventually, the security was called and he was forcibly removed. So, yeah, he really wanted to see that Indian-Pakistan game, I guess. Um... There's some more stuff been happening there. They've uh, the acting CEO has been is under investigation. Well, Afghanistan. Afghanistan's cricket board, yeah, for breaching Afghanistan cricket board policies. And the chief of selectors who selected the team that everyone was kind of questioning mm-hmm. um, and fired the captain, he has been demoted to a junior selector role, and uh, is also under investigation for the decisions he made. It is, it is very strange. <laughs> like the whole way through, they, when uh, when Rob did the preview sort of so many weeks ago. <laughs> There seems to be so much promise in the, in that side, but the question marks over whether they can actually manage the team correctly yeah. were, were the, the big issues. They clearly yeah. had enough about them to probably at least win one, maybe two games, yeah. and yet the leadership in that team has been a constant, constant failure. Yeah, I think it's coming to the fore that they are still a, a young cricketing nation, maybe finding their maturity. Yeah, but there's, I think, as you know, you said earlier with this um, Ikram Ali, Alikil, Alikil, yeah. They're only going to get better, I think, in the future. Um, and if they uh, 
can find some good coaches and some good people to bring them through. Well, but, but this is, so for, for the coaches, they had Phil Simmons in charge, who's no who's, who's no mug, is he at all? Like they've got people yes. who've, who've played yeah. cricket. They've got people with plenty of experience. I think it's the, the key is to have coaches all throughout the system, right? Final point on that: they all sort of fight at a restaurant. Uh, the police were called. <laughs> well, um, how could this is maybe eleven thirty before their game against England? I think that was. <laughs> <laughs> How come this is mainly stayed out of the press? Because what people just don't really know who they are. No, yeah. like, I had to do quite when because it was on Twitter that Alam had been sent home, but mm. there were really not many English. That, there was nowhere that re, that said why he'd been sent home. <laughs> um, I mean, eventually I found it on like some Afghanistan English website. Yeah, it was for misbehaving with a girl who was also staying at the hotel. So I'm hoping that was like the good kind of misbehaving and not like something... Well, hopefully they were both misbehaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Consensually misbehaving. Um, uh, finally then, um, before we move on to the actual content of the show, Bangladesh have fired their coach. <laughs> yeah, I oh, know. No, yeah, their coach is. Yeah, Rose has gone. Yeah. Courtney Walsh has gone. And their spin bowling coach has gone. And the physio or training fitness coach has gone. So for, for a team who's had a pretty good World Cup, like, yeah, it's, quite, it's quite a wholesale it's change. Well. Um, Let's go on with the show. Go, DJ! Go, DJ! DJ Bravo! And Gordy is looking in terrific touch. Jenny Super Kings. So before we get into the men's World Cup, um, it is England v Australia in the women's ashes. They've played 3-1 Dayers. What's happened? Um, they've lost all three comprehensively. They find themselves 6-0 down. England have lost I- three, England, yeah. yeah. Okay, we have lost <laughs> three ODIs comprehensively. So uh, here we are, 6-0 down, and it's fair to say we've been dismantled by the Aussies. England have not turned up. So the in batting the, particularly has been... It's, it's, been, it's been awful. I mean, you can compliment Australia's bowling, mm-hmm. um, but the latest game, England lost by 194 runs. Which is, uh, I mean, that's comprehensive in any any level. Of, it's not great. I mean, when uh, when you think that Mali women's cricket only lost by three hundred and one, it's not it's yeah. not it's not a million miles away, is it? Yeah. Elise um, Perry uh, took seven wickets for twenty two runs. Um, They're the best figures by an Australian in one day cricket. Second best in women's cricket. The best figures are seven for four. <laughs> nice. Um, it's fair to say, I was watching watching the highlights, and it's, she's a consistent bowler. Was bowling good areas, as, they, as we say in cricket. But the shots England were playing, it's it's like there someone was in. She was in their heads. They, mm. She was absolutely rattled. Well, the problem was that she was the Australian captain brought her back in for a second spell to finish us off. Which obviously yeah. the batsmen coming in at that stage were like, well, this person's obviously unplayable. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I was watching. Uh, I was watching some of the some of the other dismissals, and what I don't understand is why women's cricketers continuously try and sweep the ball. And England aren't very good at it. Like it's fair to say, we we cannot sweep the ball. Um, and I think something like forty percent of the dismissals so far in this have been bold, which is uh, pretty poor. Yeah. That's mm. pretty poor. Um, Australia did hit two hundred sixty nine in that game, and uh, they would have it would have been a record chase for England. Um, fortunately, we. Uh, 
we, we kind of went with the men's we didn't approach. Didn't we? We, we, went, we, went to the, we went to the England uh, 1990s kind of approach and uh, skipped with ourselves. Um, we're not doing ourselves any justice, as I said, with shot selection. Our fielding's pretty poor, and ultimately our bowling's pretty inconsistent. Um, it doesn't really bode well. Um, I, can't, I can't see that if the England women's cricket is doing well, especially Owen Morgan's men kind of came out and said, we're taking real, kind of, real lessons from what they did when they won the World Cup. I hope we're not taking lessons from them when we turn mm-hmm. up and play against them in the Ashes. How many how many points is it per two? I think. ODI. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so there's six still up. Um, if Australia draw or win the Test, they retain that's the Ashes. It. That's it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, the, the, the pundits have been saying it's because of the Women's Big Bash League. That's apparently what's brought the standard up. Yeah. Using lots of lots more players. Is, is there going to be a win? Women's 100 era. I think there is, but I'm not sure it's going to be the same scale as the men's. The okay. women's big bash is like quite a big tournament, yeah, um, and it gets quite a lot of exposure, and it presents like a viable route into professional cricket. I think outside of the England national team, that you still have to pay to play. Well, at uh, county level, if you're a woman, yes, yeah, so it is an interesting, <laughs> astonishing. Isn't it? So, so, <laughs> so an interesting thing then that uh, in in English speaking countries. Um, Australia is the only one with participation in women's cricket going up, mm. so the rest are struggling a little bit. So even even yeah. in even in, even in England, we're struggling oh, at the moment. Um, however, we do have a chance. So there's yeah. still there's three there's three T20s to go, two points apiece, and there's a Test match to go as well. Yep. So we're not down and out yet, um, but there could well be a disaster if what, what happens. It'll, if it'll, it'll be a great comeback if but, we do it. Is what you're saying. Yeah, you don't want to get whitewashed in your own country, do you? I mean, if, if, if there's a country that can do it, it's going to be, it's going to be Australia <laughs> to England. But, but anyway, uh, moving on from the women's ashes, um, I thought it'd be nice just to touch upon the teams um, who have been eliminated from the group stages. A little group stage roundup of the ones that did yeah, not make it. Um, yeah, a mini one, if you will. Um, ultimately, I thought the group stage was actually pretty good. I thought yeah. the, I thought the, the games were a pretty good quality. I mean, we had what three or four that were rained off, and yeah. everyone thought it was the end of the world. Four rained off, and a couple a little bit rain affected. One quite badly rain affected. Yeah, then that week people kind of thought it was the apocalypse, and then people thought we wouldn't yeah. get any more cricket in. But actually, <laughs> it is it actually is the 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 kind of consistency over the whole tournament's been pretty good. There's been fair fairness between bat and ball. Good tournament, I think. Um, let's start with Pakistan, so who, uh, much to the chagrin of their fans and Mickey Arthur, were dumped out on net run rate. Yeah. Um, they failed to, what, what did they need to do? Check, bowl them out needed, for... They needed to, to score 400 and bowl them out for like 40. Yeah. I think yeah. that was the... And the <laughs> which is a big ask. Yeah, and then the All score, the score, the score yeah. they set, they uh, needed to bowl Bangladesh out for seven. Mm. And okay. didn't, didn't manage that, yeah. even with uh, a re... Re, uh, reformed Mohammed Amir, um, and I think that I think they've been great value. We've talked about them on the, cr- on, the, on, the cr- oh, yeah, on the on the cricket podcast. We've talked about them a lot, and they have been great value. Um, We've got I, the best of Pakistan, I think, in this tournament. I, 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 I really, I really yeah. agree. And on that note, they've not not they've not locked out anyone sort of better than them, which is a bit disappointing. But they've also been really exciting to watch. Yeah, and I think I think I think they would have been if it was between New Zealand and Pakistan now in a kind of a fourth place playoff. That'd be a great game. Yeah, that would be great because it would also set up. No, it wouldn't. I was going to say. Oh no, it would. It, it would set up yeah. India. It would yeah. set up India in the semi final. So that would have been fantastic. But in a way, in a way there's a, kind of a lot of uh, a lot of things on Twitter at the moment saying Pakistan need to invest some more money into the game. Need to take it more seriously. I hope they don't. 
Yeah, no, I think um, <laughs> the lack of physical attitude is is a joy to behold. It is brilliant. So Umar Umar Gul came out saying that the Pakistani cricket board will make tall claims for the next World Cup, and but in reality they will do nothing. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, speaking of doing nothing, Shub Malik has retired. So oh, uh, well, so the man the, the man who. Uh, I don't know, they've really got every last drop. Like 20 years or something. Yeah, they've got every last drop of his ability kind of out of him. Um, um, but fortunately, him at the ripe old age of 107, he is, uh, he's decided to retire from ODIs and Test cricket, but not T20s. So, like, uh, probably, like, he, three hours is, I reckon, the maximum amount of night, or the amount of time he can have between naps. So. <laughs> uh, you're right, and moving on to Bangladesh. You're I've right. Got one more thing on, on Pakistan oh, that fantastic. I noticed today. Um, which, which, like, it's got nothing to do with the World Cup, but it does illustrate how erratic they are. Mm-hmm. This time last year, Hassan Ali was the number one ranked one day international bowler in the world. Now he's 43rd. He'll <laughs> get picked for the World Cup squad. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you even manage that? What do you, what have you done to. Like, he, 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 might have, he might have been misbehaving with Inzamamal Huck's daughter or something like that I don't know one of the selectors I don't know but it's the, the, the fall in the ranking he must have bowled really well for like two years to get there and then just be shit <laughs> for an entire year to do that but there, there is that there's the fact that you talk around quite a lot around playing it's the associate nations so how many how many wickets were, were those I don't know. I think they that? only really play they, they play Afghanistan and maybe, uh, no they're banned from playing Afghanistan in bilateral series at the moment so they're not playing Afghanistan it's probably against actual teams yeah maybe he's really good on those slow decks in Dubai maybe <laughs> yeah. um that is quite strange. Uh, Bangladesh, as you rightly say, have fired all their coaching staff after <laughs> what? What was it? in terms of the quality of cricket was their best World Cup by, really by a mile. I they, thought they, they were unlucky not to. Them and Pakistan were neck and neck. I think for yeah, they, fifth place. Yeah, Shakib Shakib was amazing. The fizz was a great great yeah. part of the World Cup. Um, what is really disconcerting though is that Bangladesh probably had their best World Cup ever, and yet South Africa still finished above them. And that's that's just quite annoying, really. I, I found. Um, but yeah, we, but like Rob said, I mean, South Africa only turned up once they were out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, yeah, Imran Tahir turned up in the first over of the tournament. Then they went silent for five games. <laughs> uh, speaking of Imran Tahir, it would be his last game for South Africa. He is retiring at the ripe old age of forty. Um, Who will be more missed, him or JP Dumini? Personally. Personally. Personally, Imran. Yeah, 100%. These celebrations, you're a fan of those? Yeah, he's, he obviously loves it. He loves competing in the international arena, and that's very much What I most like about him is how much he annoys Graham Swan. Yeah. Like, really, really, that celebration really annoys Graham Swan. I don't know, he must have got Graham Swan out a couple of times, <laughs> or out-bowled Graham Swan or something. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, Graham Swan, like, he's at pains to point out that the celebration is unnecessary, that his teammates don't follow him. But he's not running in a random direction. He's going straight to his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Probably jealous of his hair as well. Yeah, which is <laughs> it's quite it's quite strange because like Monty Panesar had a quite an erratic celebration, and yet yeah. Swan and pa- Swan and Monty were a pretty good combination. Yeah, but I think uh, Swanee was the alpha dog in that relationship. Right. Right. If you look at Imran Tahir, Imran Tahir's earned the big bucks in uh, the IPL. He's by miles a better one day spinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Swan's got the test fame. Yeah. But in the modern, modern world. And the overbite. But <laughs> 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 uh, <clears throat> what, what, so uh, do you know the reason he does those celebrations in Rand here? So he says that he, he values the wicket of every bowler he plays against equally. 
And they hope that, yes. Yeah, the batsman bowls against and uh, he values them equally. Did not like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but as I mentioned, JP Dooney is uh, retiring and stole a career in ODI cricket, I think. Yeah. That shouldn't have really been there. Well, genuinely isn't a good enough batsman to be there. Who, who do you think would have, uh, would have, sort of, should have supplanted him? If I was South African, me, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I would have backed myself to hit more ODI runs <laughs> than JP Dooney and take more wickets, actually. Oh, no, um, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going on to the West Indies. Oh, do we not? Is this the end of Asher Amler as well? Um, probably. So yeah. it's probably going to be the end of him. Dale Stain, that's probably his last ODI. I yeah. can imagine, actually. He didn't even play one, did he? So uh, it was the injuries and actually more lucrative contracts on... Um, uh, apparently Fat's uh, carrying on for a couple of years, but he's about 38 now, isn't he? No, he's not that. Oh, he's he not is, that old. he's old. Um, <laughs> I think Fat's carrying on to the T20 World Cup. There's a real... Um, it could be a crisis in South African cricket, I think. All of these not quite talented enough cricketers to get them to the semi-finals are retiring. <laughs> And there's no one talent enough to take their place. I mean, it's yeah. Just as a note, um, for this is what you would need to ex- <laughs> exceed, Ross. So JP Dooney's um, average in ODIs is thirty-six point eight. Nothing. Ah, High score of hundred fifty not out. Yeah, Re- who, who, reckon you get hundred fifty not out. Yeah, who was that against? I don't have those stats to hand. Strike rate of eighty-four point five. Pathetic. Yeah, you could bosh those out at a quicker rate, can you? Honestly, I bet you he said most of those runs against people like Zimbabwe, in Kenya. <laughs> <laughs> Rubbish. Um, the West Indies. West Indies, yeah. The one-dimensional but extremely lovable side. Uh, yes, yeah. They, I mean, I, they were my favourites going in purely out of... Uh, <laughs> favourites for the whole time, but not just, like favourites to watch. Yeah, both. <laughs> I, I, I chose the side purely based on style, and they certainly turned it on in yeah. one game of the whole tournament. Briefly. Uh, what they, I think they really struggled with is not having a spinner. Hmm. Like we said at the start that they had what, Ashley Nurse... Inside, yeah. technically, absolutely. They didn't bring Narine. Yeah, they're very, very strange. Yeah. Um, it's the last World Cup for the Universe boss, or Chris Gale. Um, Dre Russ won't be back, will he? I doubt it. No, yeah. he, he, I think he'll be playing the IPL, and that's about it. Yeah, maybe I a bit of CPL cricket. Yeah, we can't maybe run. T20, so maybe T Twenty World Cup. Maybe it could be the introduction of kind of a bionic cricketer. Yeah, maybe Dre Russ is that. If there's a super over decider that he can sub into. <laughs> Um, but I think there's a bright future for them. So um, Puran clearly showed that he can bat. Yep. Um, Hope, like good player, good yeah. keeper. Um, Hetmeyer, your favourite West Indian player, oh, batting in the floppy hat. Um, and then I must admit, my opinion has changed on Cottrell. Yeah, surprising. Now, I didn't particularly like the salute at the start, but no. he is an absolute sweetheart and an entertainer. He liked a couple of our Twitter posts. No, not because of that. Got nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. <laughs> the, the, my, my opinion isn't so easily swayed, uh, but he's been a bright light at this World Cup. He does seem like a nice guy. Yeah, um, and I think he's well, yeah one of the stars of the tournament. Yeah. Uh, anything to add on West Indies? Um, Sheldon Cottrell's catch. Uh, we haven't mentioned that for a good show or two. Uh, <laughs> catch, <laughs> catch the tournament for me. Yes, still. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think you'll see a better catch than that. Very impressive. Time. Maybe ever. Maybe ever. Well, uh, I think uh, I think after the World Cup finishes, we'll do a bit more of an in-depth roundup um, yeah. on our kind of favourite moments. But that will definitely be near the top of the list. Um, we've already touched upon Afghanistan, and so I don't need to talk about them at all. Other than their captain was an absolute disgrace. Yeah, like, just for that last over alone. Yeah, just just, just for that. Was guns though? No. Oh, he stopped doing the celebration. Uh, and then Sri Lanka. Oh, Dumpy Malenga, what a tournament for him. He's uh, become the third 
highest wicket taker in the World Cup history. So after Muridithran and McGrath. So he's taken 56 wickets. And uh, Angelo Matthews re- reminded us that he actually still plays cricket, which was uh, quite nice. Yeah. So bat well against England, hit a ton against India. Um, is it only th- three ODI tons, but all have been against India, by the way. Um, he also took a wicket with his first ball in five years or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that was, was a good moment. There, yeah. was a, there was a good story on ESPN Crick Info, uh, what like, was quite interesting, um, about his journey, because he was the captain. Mm-hmm. Um, since he was the captain, they've had a new captain who was fired, a new captain after that who was fired, a new captain after that who was fired, and now they're on the next captain. <laughs> Matthews was told he was too fat to play basically just like publicly told he's too fat to play <laughs> had to lose weight came back not as a bowler because they said you're still too fat to bowl but we kind of need your batting mm-hmm. um, and then it, in that game against the West Indies it didn't mean anything that we talked about uh, Puran had just got to his 100 he was like the last hope for the West Indies to win they needed like 8 or 9 over 4 or 5 overs mm-hmm. um, his first ball since I think 2015 uh a wide, really wide half volley. <laughs> just caught behind. It was at like 120 kilometers an hour as well. It was like, um, but yeah, well played, Matthews. Yeah, I agree. Um, they do have a bright light in El Fernando, and I uh, enjoy the crowd singing ABBA every time he plays. That's been a particular highlight for me for the World Cup. Um, they've been fun, I think, Sri Lanka. They've Max wrote them off like yeah, unequivocally. Yeah. We, we didn't think they were going to get. Any points. Well, I thought they were the worst team in the tournament. And, uh, I mean, but um, as much as I, uh, dismissed, um, uh, Goldman and Naib for Afghanistan bringing himself onto bowl, Karuna Ratna did bring himself onto bowl <laughs> before Matthews came on. So it was like a, it was like a roll of the dice going like, can we get someone out for doing this? Um, but that's, uh, I think they're, a, they're in a period of transition yeah. and, uh, they'll be back. Yeah. That is a, a very brief roundup. Should we do a quick rating for all of those out of five? Um, so starting with what was the first team? Pakistan out of five. What was their World Cup? Uh, into, what, what's the what's the thing here? We don't well, like, value. It's, it's in in terms of what you expected coming in. Oh, okay, I was, I so not like I mean, obviously none of them have had a five out of five World Cup because they're out before they've got some knockouts. <laughs> but I'd say uh, Pakistan delivered five out of five for value. <laughs> <laughs> for what you expect of Pakistan, yeah, yeah. it's got to be up Pakistan, there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think four out of five. I'd like to have seen them play a knockout game against India. That would have just been absolute carnage. Yeah, like after a billion people or something watched the. Uh, I would say four or five, and and what you've got to bear in mind is if the India New Zealand game hadn't been rained off, yeah. New Zealand considerably could have lost that one yeah. one point down. I think Pakistan, Pakistan would be in the semi finals. Rained off as well. Yeah, so yeah. there we are. Yeah. Uh, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Well, um, all around. Bangladesh three out of five. Football four out of five. I would say three because I think three point five. Yeah, <laughs> I think going into the tournament, I thought they'd be a bit better than Pakistan, and I think they will rue the game they lost against New Zealand where they only scored 230 odd batting first at the Oval yeah. and didn't, uh, didn't, take, didn't take the catches when it meant, when it meant something well, as well no, yeah like, I mean in that game the wicketkeeper literally kicked the stumps over when Cade <laughs> Williamson was halfway down like he literally just kicked them over uh, <laughs> West Indies one star for me one star like, they, they, they've really disappointed They're, I think expectations were high after they were good showing against England then they destroyed Pakistan and then it just went Immediately downhill, the wheels fully came off. So I'll give them two stars. Yeah, they had some excitement stars. at the start of the tournament and then kind of faded. Yeah, well, yeah. My, my scale's a little bit different, yours, because I had them as favourites. Uh, so, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <laughs> my expectations were lower than yours. Yeah. I'd say two. Yeah, uh, Afghanistan one. I'm going to say two, I'm going to say two stars because my expectations weren't too high. Okay, I expect them to score some nice runs and have some close games, and they got. 
fairly close in some games. No, I would say one star. Had they beaten India, it would be a three-star tournament then, but they didn't. So, uh, yeah. And finally, Sri Lanka. We thought they'd get zero points. They got eight in the end. Uh, four. Yeah, 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 four. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a good, a good, uh, good run for them. A bit lucky in places. You missed but... South Africa. Oh yeah, <laughs> we did. The unmentionables. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we had them as going out. We, we, yeah, we, we, yeah, we, said, we said they were going to have a poor tournament, and lo and behold, um, they beat Australia. So two yeah, stars. I'll give them two stars for beating Australia. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much, gents. That's in the air. Should be taken. The World Cup for Australia. When World Cups come around, you've got to play your best when it counts, and they've managed to do that. Okay, now that we've summarised what's happened in the group stages, we can look forward to the important matches that are coming up. So, the most important, obviously, is England-Australia. And I think, Jack, you're going to take us through the ins and outs of this game. Uh, yeah, I will. Um, England v Australia, the original cricket match, I think. Yeah, the original and the best. Yeah. Um, probably better than any of the other matches, I'll say. Well, One yeah. we I look forward to most. Mm-hmm. As, a, as an England fan? Yeah. Uh, well, just in general. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big stuff. Were I not an England fan, I would still look for you. <laughs> uh, 100%. Um, England have been going well against Australia in the last couple of years. Uh, so, you know, we should be confident going in. They've won nine of the last 11 meetings between the two teams. However, that's not the case at World Cups. Um, it's a bit more miserable there. So the last time we beat them was at a World Cup was 1992. Since then, we've either not played them at the World Cup or lost to them. Uh, notably in 2003, a man called Andy Bickle, who never really played for Australia or did anything good in his career ever again, took 7 for 20. <laughs> 7 for 20, it's unbelievable. Isn't it? <laughs> it was something like that, yeah. I think it was 7, I think it genuinely was 7 for 20. He's, I bet he's um, got, he's got like a, um, like a public dinner kind of circuit completely out like a whole career just dining out going around Australia going Um, that time I took 7 for 20 not only that but England reduced Australia to like 100 for 8 chasing 204 which is what we managed to score Uh, and Andy Bickle came in and batted with Michael Bevan until they scored the 204 to win Um, Hull yeah Michael Bevan Michael Bevan getting 77 doing what he did best finishing the game it was, I can confirm, it was 7 for 20. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Which is... Yeah. <laughs> of 10 overs, it's amazing. <laughs> Economy of two. Um, taking seven wickets. Who did he get out? Just run through that quickly. Uh, so he uh, managed to get out. Nick Knight. A tough wicket. <laughs> at any point. Oh, it, it, England, England's trailblazing over the eye. England's answer to Jaya Saria. Yeah, but without Nick Knight, the, the classic thing is without Nick Knight, you wouldn't have got Kevin Peterson. That is the, that's the classic 100%, thing. 100%, that's what he yeah. modelled himself up. He got uh, Michael Vaughan caught behind. Yeah. He bowled NASA. <laughs> he bowled Alex Stewart. <laughs> and that's, and that, that, that's, that's perfect, isn't it? So... Um, Nasser Hussein there's captain Alex Stewart's vice captain they contributed two and one. <laughs> oh no, oh, no Alex Stewart managed to get 46 oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, well, that's good news. he crashed 46 of 92 <laughs> balls before he got out uh, then Collingwood and Flintoff were both caught behind off Bickle uh, <laughs> so wait is anyone else taking a wicket at this point yeah, McGrath uh, McGrath, oh, McGrath, McGrath, McGrath got, yeah. got Trez um, <laughs> 
And then Bickle managed to get actually uh, the King of Spain, Joel. <laughs> oh my god, that England team was pretty pants. Um, yeah, I remember. I actually do remember watching that game, and uh, but like because we were excited. Did mm. Flintoff score some quick runs? Uh, Flintoff got forty-five off eighty. <laughs> okay. Which quick, quick by that standard. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, uh, and, and, yeah. We remember tuning in after because it was in South Africa, so it was on nearly the right time zone for us. Mm. Um, and uh, Australia had just there were just eight wickets down. And um, <laughs> what were they eight for? Australia were one hundred and thirty-five for eight. Yeah, chasing two hundred four. You know, you fancy yourself there, don't you? On a, on a wicket that's yielded 18 wickets or whatever it is, 16 wickets for 230. You do, you, do have a, uh, you do have a sprightly Jimmy Anderson in that, yeah, in that, in Anderson, that, in that yeah. side. Do you want to guess what Jimmy Anderson uh, economy rate was in that innings? Five. 7.33. Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, he did not have the ball on a string back then, did he? Yeah. he Still kept him on for nine overs. <laughs> what else are going to do? Michael Vaughan bowled, him, uh, bowled two overs in that game. Yeah. What does Michael Vaughan even bowl? He bowled off spin. He bowled Sachin Tendulkar to the gate once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, interrupt. Uh, anyway, so that was 2000. That was the, that's the England-Australia one-day game that's burned into my memory. I don't know if either of you have got anything to contribute on that. Well, I've erased it from my memory. Yeah. Um, they, I think they beat us in 2011 and maybe 15 as well. Yeah, but... We, we, oh, they definitely beat us in 2007. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they beat us a lot. <laughs> they, they, they've just got they've just got it over on us, haven't they? Really, they've just got it over on us. In World Cups, they sure do. Um, however, however, like, like I say, we we have won nine of the last eleven. We've changed cricket. Cricket's new because of us. We've got our swagger back. Yeah, got we've got Jason Roy back, mm-hmm. um, and we've not had loads of injuries. So Australia have they they they've been depleted. Um, this week, Sean Marsh broke his arm in the nets. Yep, that's, uh, that's, that's unfortunate. So Pete Hanscom was coming. Uh, Kawaja tore his hamstring playing against South Africa. So Wadey is coming. He's in. in. But both batting well at the moment. Yeah. Wade in particular. <laughs> uh, Stoinis uh, has the same injury that he had earlier in the tournament, but they finally decided to drop him. <laughs> it's like a family dog for Stoinis. <laughs> uh, so Mitch Marsh is coming. So they've got three new men. Mm-hmm. All of, or two of whom, probably will play in the semis. So, you know, that could be this right. If that were England, if England lost, I don't know, who's our all-rounder? Stokes. Uh, Stoke. If we lost Stokesy, uh, we lost Root, who's mm-hmm. our number three, mm-hmm. and we lost... Liam Dawson. Well, I'll back up. <laughs> yeah. So, so it'd be Tom yeah. Barron. James Vince would be back in batting three. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, like honestly, he haunts my dreams, yeah. honestly. That would be pretty bad. And then we'd have, I don't know, who comes in as the all-rounder? We'd probably have to get Paul Collingwood out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for them, like I, I genuinely think, like the way the way they've been playing, Hanscom's probably a little bit of an upgrade mm-hmm. uh, on on Kawaja in terms of like not just being exactly what they have loads of already. <laughs> um, and uh, could anyone really be worse than Marcus Stoinis? Honestly, I don't know why he was there in the first place. Like, he just—he's not a very exciting cricketer yeah. at all. And they were just like, "Yeah, he can bat. He can bat." Don't believe him. Um, so if you're not, I mean, like Hanscom, Hanscom and Wade are not massively well known. I don't think in this country, are they? Would you say? 
Uh, I think Hans- Hanscom had a spell over here for uh, one, one, one of the sides. Yeah. Wade um, may have as well. Um, Wade had, though, if you wonder, scored about a million runs in the last year. <laughs> uh, I think he was the top run scorer in the domestic cricket this year. Uh, uh, he'll probably play against us in the Ashes, so we can get acquainted with him then. Yeah, no, it's uh, interesting because he's a wicketkeeper, isn't he, as well? He is. So uh, him and Carey, so who, who keeps? Is that the Butler and Bearstone? Oh, yeah. Both of the teams stacking well, the teams are wicketkeepers. So is Hanscom. Hanscom's a wicketkeeper. And they've got Payne as well, Tim Payne. Yeah, so good. I think at the Ashes, Payne will keep. But And in, and tomorrow, or Thursday rather, um, it will be Carey mm-hmm. who keeps. Carey's having a good tournament, I can't deny that. Mm-hmm. But I think Hanscom will come in as the extra batsman. Uh, he averages 35 with a strike rate of 98, so modern day. Decent. Yeah. Uh, and Mitch Marsh will come in. So Mitch Marsh, if you don't know who Mitch Marsh is, is the most bang-fucking-average <laughs> all-rounder in the world, except when he plays against England. And then he's like a Superman. Um, if you want an illustration of that, what do you reckon? I mean, there's, there's, I've got two, two... I've used two stats to back up my argument. I've cherry-picked them. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, what do you reckon his batting average in Test cricket is against the rest of the world? I reckon it's going to be under 25. Yeah, 23, I reckon. Well, overall, it's 25. Oh. Uh, against England. Oh, it's going to be 45. 38? 52. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> He's only doubled it. <laughs> uh, in one day cricket, he's a bowling average. Should I have a, you know, a punt for that? 35. Not higher than that. 36. 36. Oh. About 36. Uh, against England? Four. <laughs> 21. <laughs> so, so yeah, this guy, like, he basically wouldn't have an international career if he didn't get to play England quite regularly. No, his brother Sean is not dissimilar. <laughs> so he, like, Sean Marsh couldn't buy a run and then played against England, I think, back to back centuries against yeah, us. Yeah, he get a double ton as well. Yeah, no, the pair of them put on 300 runs or something yeah. in one of the games. His dad um, probably hit runs against us. Yeah, no, probably did. <laughs> um, so they're, they're coming in. Um, that'll be interesting. I think we'll disrupt their lineup a little bit. Uh, I think it's a, probably a shot in the arm that they need actually so they were just fla- flagging a little bit too much reliance on kind of Finch and Warner and you saw just as just they kind of get into it like, they're a little bit frail they can be said um, um, unless uh, old Stark bails them out but. so that's that's what's going on with Australia going into it um, point two I've got here mm-hmm. um, on England the England side of the, the dice here not so many injuries I don't think we haven't even had a serious injury Roy Right, yeah, but he's fine I mean, now. Wood's it? always on the edge, but yeah. he seems alright. Um, we have, though, I mean, according to Barney Rone from The Guardian, England's greatest ever one day international batsman, Johnny Bairstow. Okay. Uh, do you want to hear what he has to say? Backed about? up by the stats, or? That's just what he said. No, sorry. Classic Barney. This is what Barney had to say. Uh, perhaps that multi hatted cricketing existence has always disguised the roof, uh, the through the roof brilliance of his ODI batting. Since May 2017, so actually there are some stats here, Rob. Okay. Since May 2017, Bairstow has scored 2,277 runs at 54 with 900. No other England ODI batsman averages over 45 with a strike rate above 100. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Twice in five days, he has won defining generational games for his country. The argument as to whether Bairstow is England's finest could simply start with the question, who has been better? So I post you boys. Or who has rubbed their head in rejoinder to Michael Vaughan after scoring a century? What does that mean? That's what, that's <laughs> what Best I did after a century. <laughs> did he? To, to take the mic out of Michael Vaughan <laughs> advertising hair regeneration po- uh, products. He rubbed his head? <laughs> yeah, he rubbed his head. <laughs> um, 
So Johnny Bairstow, the best player to ever play for England in one day cricket, batting. <laughs> Agree or disagree? And will he be pivotal in this game? Well, I think um, Craig Keyswetter, Michael Lum. They were transformative. Uh, Peterson was pretty good at ODIs. Peterson was pretty good. I, yeah. mean, I, I think Peterson... Peterson definitely changed what England thought they could do at one day international cricket. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think later on d- down the line where there's not so much cricket on, we'll have to do some kind of special around Peterson and how he did change it. Um, but you look at all the rubbish we had in ODI cricket, <coughs> and it is about the people who have changed that way. Jason Roy yeah. and Bairstow together, like that as a package is incredible. Like it's you look at that, it's better than Warn, uh, Warner and uh, Finch. Who Probably are, just about, yeah, just about. Um, I, 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 they're exciting they're so exciting yeah, right. yeah. but is there a bit that says that I mean does James James Vince and Bairstow have that much of a good relationship is that because Vince is bad or Bairstow's just not a very nice person if he's not wrong well so you're saying like you need you need to get you need to buy in a South African to control the Bairstow beast yeah I, I think they're, that's they're, what they're, England have done with Roy but if you take out the South African who's I, I, <laughs> a bit half of Roy I, I, <laughs> I think the Bairstow needs to be in a very certain psychological space before he can yeah, unleash his really, full really capacity fine. but when he's in that space he's basically untoppable yeah I mean you, you, also, you painted a picture before in one of the shows that uh, when the guy was bowling all he could see was Michael Vaughan's face on the ball yeah and I think he, he needs if that to, works for him, yeah, then yeah. go for it. Michael Vaughan's bald face, pre surgery. So that'll be crucial. I think uh, they're, they're the two teams. I think England's opening partnership will be vital. Um, I think possibly even more vital will be the toss, though. Um, do you want to hear what's gone on with the toss in this tournament? Yeah, I do, but I also want to mention that you two didn't bat an eyelid when I said Craig Keyswetter and Michael Lum. No good players, mate. They won the T20 World they Cup. They changed our yeah. approach to the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in this World Cup, this is why winning the toss will be like Bearstow and Roy. If they bat first, could win the game for England. I right. mean, just in the first fifteen overs, like they've done in the last two games. Mm-hmm. Um, in the game so far, twenty-seven of the forty-one completed matches have been won by the team batting first. In the last twenty, the split has been sixteen wins, four losses. Ooh. I think like India have beaten some bad teams in two yeah, of those games, yeah. Yeah, they'd be a beat flanker, didn't they? So, they? Um, the previous two World Cups have been almost exactly a 50-50 split, so it's it's definitely unique to this World Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's some slow pitches, and they get slower and as, they, as they go on. And I've um, got bad news for everybody. It's forecasted to rain quite a lot this week. Yeah. So they're, they're the teams. That's what, what what Owen Morgan needs to do is win the toss. Fortunately for us, Finch almost always loses the toss. So now he's guaranteed so, to win it after no, I don't know. He just doesn't have any talent for tossing the coin. Like, you know, some people aren't lucky, are they? Uh, for Australia, there's one talking point. Stark. The Stark factor. The man who's bowled... So he's bowled 500 deliveries in this World Cup. Really? 500, not by one no ball. That's fucking... That's a machine. <laughs> it is not amazing. One, not one no ball. Not, has he bowled a wide? He must have bowled a wide. Must have bowled a yeah, Must yeah. have bowled a wide. He has one no yeah, ball. Um, he's taken 26 wickets in those 500 deliveries. He needs one more to break McGrath's World Cup record well, for he's, one tournament. He's, he's going to do it. In two World Cups, less than two World Cups, he has taken 48 wickets. Is sixth on the all-time list. Yeah, I think there's a good chance he'll be the World Cup player of player of the World Cup two World Cups in a row. Yeah, which is quite impressive. Yeah, I think it may not be an exaggeration to say he's the best ever World Cup bowler. 
He's looking that way. Yeah. He's looking yeah. that way. And especially when he's uh, when he's doing his warm ups. So it's, it's quite interesting. So uh, that is when he's at his most deadly. <laughs> no, but they, uh, the T- TMS were out. Um, I was listening to TMS, and then they just spent ten minutes watching Stark, mm. and they were just mentioning how he just puts a bit of tape down and will bowl twenty deliveries straight at that tape, yeah. and he had like a ninety five percent hit rate. That's it. Reminds me of uh, Rich Gray. Yeah, the rider like a good club, yeah. <laughs> the metronome. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, that, I think that'll be key. I think Berendorf, to a lesser extent as well, obviously Australia have identified a weakness with England's batting in terms of how they play against left-arm bowlers. So, so do you hope so that... I imagine Lyon will play as well. Yeah, do you think... Um, well, Lyon's not left-handed. Well, yeah, he is, in my mind. <laughs> yeah, but uh, do you reckon England have done what Australia did and brought in the, the um, kind of net bowlers that suit that? So uh, is David Willey, for example, coming in and bowling against him? Yeah, yeah. Sorry about you know, your, your last-minute snub, David, but do you mind coming down and pretending to be Mitchell Stark? Moustache <laughs> <laughs> <Your> optional. <laughs> no, I don't know. I bet we haven't. Well, they haven't been, and that was Sam Curran, because he just um, bowled someone. This morning, yeah, it's a, bit, it's a little bit different. Though. You, don't, you don't want to be preparing. There's, there's a thing like facing against left armers, but yeah. a left armer who is like twenty miles an hour slower <laughs> is not going to be very. Well, useful. We don't have. If we had uh, Mitch Stark, yeah, who would be playing? <laughs> 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 we wouldn't be deploying them purely in the nets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a net bowler, and you'll be nothing more. Yeah. <laughs> David, it's really it's really good that you can bowl these 150 kilometer an hour into <laughs> Yorker's left arm over. Uh, however, you know we really just need to take uh, <laughs> Liam Dawson. <laughs> so, uh, so if you wouldn't mind just clearing your schedule to be in the nets, yeah, yeah no, I um, yeah, I think that'll be that'll be the the the, fight, the the thing that I think will decide the game. The toss, obviously, um, but then whether England can score and survive against the left arm powerhouses, Stark and Berendorf. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, I think the, the thing that some teams don't have is the likes of Stokes and Butler in the middle. And like, Morgan's a little bit susceptible to the short ball, but Stokes has proven like, when he was in Australia that he can play the short ball, he can play fast bowling, and Butler is Butler. And we're yet to see him come off this tournament. So uh, it's 100 against Pakistan, but pointless. Yeah, didn't matter. Um, finally, uh, and this is a big talking point, the final will be free to air if England make it. So, yeah, this is bullshit. The ECB plan to save cricket this summer could actually happen, couldn't it? This is utter tripe. This is, it should be free to air for anyone that goes through. It shouldn't just be if England get to the final. It should be free for any of the four sides to get, to get there. Well, I think it is in their own countries, isn't it? It's only us. That... Oh, just just the hosts that miss out on it. All the well, you know, like that's what happens, isn't it? When you you sell your stuff to Rupert Murdoch. Um, are you excited about potential free to air? I mean, no, I'm, I'm just told you, I'm pissed off at it. Yeah, Rob, are you? No, Will I... it save cricket? That's what I'm asking. I, I think cricket should be a minority game. Okay, yeah. So you think actually? I think it's bad. Possibly take it off Sky. Yeah, not even have it televised. <laughs> if England aren't in it, who cares? Yeah. yeah, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> the nation should be punished for not making it to the final. Right, um, that's that's my little preview there. With all that new knowledge, who do you think is going to win the uh, Clash of the Titans? Australia. Australia. Rob? Uh, all of my life experience up until now tells me that Australia will win. Yeah, it's Australia. There's just no... 
despite the fact that we've been beaten consistently for two years now, despite having the best one-day international batsman we'll ever have, yeah. maybe maybe anyone's ever had. We despite, don't know that. D- despite us cheering when South Africa beat them. Yeah. Uh, despite us playing at Edgebaston and not Lords. We've not even factored, talked about the Edgebaston factor. Despite loads of Indian fans being there for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they can flog their tickets for £270. <laughs> Um, we're going to lose sorry, somebody everybody. somebody is going to have a career performance yeah so, like, Mitch Marsh step up to your plate yeah, yeah exactly Mitch Marsh 5 for, five for 30 uh, 100 off 30 balls yeah. well played Mitch yeah. no, it's, it's just going to be very disconcerting when uh, Steve Smith and David Warner hit 150 each yeah and and Marsh gets 30 100 <laughs> Um, yeah. Imagine that. Imagine how galling it would be if the the team that yeah, the first team to get five hundred be Australia in the semi final. Oh, it's really, it's a skin crawl. Doesn't bear thinking about. Unless we were chasing <laughs> five hundred and two. <laughs> yeah. um, that's that's England Australia roundup. We'll take a little break and then we've got India v New Zealand to see the way my old man's painted <laughs> and my mum. It's. It hurts. Got it! Uh, and I can't remember what else. So, the other semi-final is India versus New Zealand. Where has it been played, Rob? Uh, so, this is at Old Trafford. Uh, yeah, so Old Trafford uh, tomorrow for people... Well, today for people who are listening very early uh, <laughs> after the podcast is released. <laughs> um, so, yeah, one thing to note is there is a 40% chance of rain at about midday tomorrow in Manchester. Um, it's not very long lasting, so I don't think it should, uh, cool off the match completely. If it does, there is a reserve day the day after. They could play the semi final up. The reserve days only come in for the knockout, uh, matches at this World Cup. Mm-hmm. But I think it should be okay. Anyway, uh, looking through the history of this match, they haven't played too much. They played seven matches, um, in the history of the World Cup. India won three, New Zealand won four. Ooh. Nose ahead. Yeah. Last time they played was in 2003. So their early match um, in the group stage was rained off. So they don't know much about each other as current uh, teams. Uh, There isn't too many interesting stories about their previous matches at the World Cup, apart from for previous listeners of this World Cup, who are big fans of Sonny Gavaskar's history of ODI batting. (laughs) I think the uh, history of matches between India and New Zealand can tell quite a good story about his evolution uh, well, but, well, and his adaptation to the uh, rigours and demands of ODI bat- batting. So in 1979, uh, India played New Zealand in England, obviously, as all World Cups at that stage had to be played in England because <laughs> it was the only place that could hold cricket. <laughs> uh, and so in 1979, uh, New Zealand won against India by chasing down 183 in 57 overs. Well paced. So, yeah, I mean, not... Uh, not How many overs they have? 60? They had 60. Yeah. And they absolutely smashed it. <laughs> they did got it done in 57. Um, probably had a team meeting about risk after that. Well, exactly. So, so as part of the uh, India team that set 182 after 60 overs, mm-hmm. Sonny scored 55. Yeah. How many balls do you reckon it took Sonny to score 55? 190. Well, it's quite extreme. That's, that's way extreme. He only took 144 balls <laughs> to score 55 runs. Um, he thought that would be enough, as everyone did. Um, but New Zealand knocked it off. 
Yeah. Fast forward eight years. Uh, England. It's the uh, 80s. To eight, 1987, where everyone is getting pretty groovy, right? And yeah. ODI cricket is moving to the fast scoring teams of. Uh, it's all that cocaine. Around. Exactly. Beefy Botham is just knocking it around the park and everyone's do, trying to do catch they up. Have, uh, do they have coloured kits at this point? I think 87 was the last. Or what? World Cup table whites. I, re- I reckon they had colour kits. I reckon there was one was before the se- 90s. Either 79 or 87 was the last half. Okay. Anyway. <clears throat> uh, so this was... Uh, so 87 was a World Cup format where you have two um, groups of four. So you play your opponents twice. And then the f- top two teams go through to the semi-finals. So India and New Zealand are in the same group. Uh, in their first group meeting, uh, India won. Um, they put up 252 of 50 overs. Well, that's incredible improvement. For 987, yeah. scoring rate is uh, insane. Not helped by Sonny. Uh, he laid a platform uh, with a quick fire two of 14 balls. Okay. Okay. So that's this is still 987. Sonny is uh, still scoring at a strike <laughs> he was, rate. Of, he was just getting the varnish off the I've ball. I've no idea what that is. But... So this is the tournament played in India and Pakistan. Is this the is this the beginning of the Super Six? Uh, no. So this is straight through to the semi-final okay. after oh. the group stage. But you play two group matches against everyone. You play everyone twice. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and it's hosted in India and, and Pakistan. And it's hosted in it's India and Pakistan. It's a game in India and a game in Pakistan. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to set the scene. The Cricket World Cup is actually one of the funniest. <laughs> Ever come up with yeah. Okay, so half so, teams won't play each other bilaterally. No. <laughs> like, Why would you do that? <laughs> but you, you know, it's just the privilege that's been like, and all the people are going oh, who are involved at that top level. It doesn't matter. They, they, no one was ever telling them no. They were just like, let's do this. <laughs> yes, let's do it. They're in an echo chamber of madness. But it does lead to amazing situations like this. So India are guaranteed to get through to semi-finals, but. They need to finish above Australia to ensure they have a semi-final at home in Mumbai. If they finish second to Australia, they will have an away semi-final against Pakistan in Pakistan. (laughs) Which is not ideal. The only way they can finish above Australia is if they uh, chase down whatever New Zealand set them at a sufficient run rate. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that is quite important. To India as a team, oh, as a country, <laughs> as everything. <laughs> I've got sort of Gavaskar bells ringing in my head. Exactly. Right? Okay, so New Zealand set them uh, 221 after 50 overs. The World Cup's changed 50 overs right mm-hmm. now, okay. Yeah. Uh, but according to the run rate calculations, I don't know how they did it at this stage, they need to get 222 or 42.2 overs. Okay. So we're still so going quite quick. Five yeah. and over, yeah. roughly. Um but we're talking 1987 here. When you've got like the, the human ball eater. And exactly. <laughs> this is in literally the same competition where Sonny got two or 14. Yeah. Um, but obviously they don't drop him. They don't move him down the order. Sonny's the opener. Oh, and also in New Zealand's innings, um, Chetan Sharma got a hat trick. Oh. The first hat trick for an Indian in any ODI and the first hat trick for anyone in the World Cup. Cool. So it's already a good match. I think about five in this World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so India are chasing 222 or 42.2 overs. Upset Sonny. He gets 103. Well, well done, Sonny. How many balls do you think it's it takes in this game? No, so no being obvious, if, if we're talking he about. He needs to get it in 42 overs. If we're, if we're talking about the evolution. Which is 200. 
280 balls, roughly. Right, if we're talking about the evolution, I feel like I feel like he's not evolved. Oh, I reckon he has. I reckon he's gone. I reckon he's gone opposite. Twenty-five balls. I reckon he's blitzed it. I reckon he's gone like seventy-five balls. Not far away. Eighty-eight balls. Wow. One hundred and three of eighty-eight balls. Three sixes. Ten fours. Blimey. He's unbeaten. It's his first Odo hundred in his one hundred and six ODI match. <laughs> So yeah, India win by didn't want to go to Pakistan. Oh, exactly. <laughs> India win by nine wickets with seventeen point five overs remaining. Wow, that's pretty. That's massive. quite a turnaround. Yeah. Isn't that it? is a, that is amazing. Uh, unfortunately, they lost to England in the semi-finals off that. But you know what can you do? I'm I'm, I'm two steps away from paying for you to get Sonny Gavaskar tattoo. Right. <laughs> After he did that, I'm willing to do anything for Sonny. <laughs> um, well, that's that's mostly impressive. Yeah. Isn't it? Uh, so ahead of the game we've got Williamson facing off against Coley which is obviously the big one yes. um, who would be uh, their Gavaskar who would be India's Gavaskar in this situation is it Ro- well, well he's, not, he's definitely not Rohit he's definitely not Rohit Rohit's waiting he's got, was it five tons now in this World Cup yeah uh, yeah Rohit five tons uh, he's got four. six four seven uh, at an average of 92.4 it's not bad is it um, which is yeah it's good bad. time to peak well, well, no, no, no doubt you've got uh, you've got a running order for this. So, why don't interrupt? So, where do we no. start for the, the preview of this? Uh, like you said, Rohit's going like a steam train. The only issue that could come up for India is um, Trent Bolt. So, if Trent Bolt is bowling um, how he can bowl, the only uh, form of bowling that Rohit has been uh, particularly vulnerable to in ODIs in the last few Good years. Bowling. His left arm bowling <laughs> in swingers early in the innings. Yeah, he can be got LBW. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so if Trent Bolt can get him out early doors, that could open a that could open a window for New Zealand. Floodgates. So, so and if Lockie Ferguson is back, fit and fully firing, I can imagine he will be. Yeah, yeah. I, I reckon they were they were pretty confident that Pakistan were going to get through any precaution. Rest him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Uh, so the other big thing is um, India's choice of bowlers. India have been generally going with five bowlers, uh, six batsmen this tournament. They are not sure whether they're going to go with two of their leg spinners. So are they going to play both of Chahal and Kuldeep Yadav? Both of the times they've played at Old Trafford previously in the tournament, they have played both of the spinners. Mm-hmm. Um, they've seemed to have thought it was a good pitch for a leg spinner. But New Zealand have played leg as well. As a team, they've scored 144 of 199 for only three wickets. So they're averaging almost 50 off leggies, uh, which would make India think maybe it's not worth taking that risk. Mm-hmm. Although, as we've said, Williamson is the key to New Zealand. He scored 30% of their runs. And he only averages 17.75 against um, Chahal and Kuldi. So oh, that's a... it's a big choice to make. Because as you've got Boovy and Shami. Who've both been playing well as well. This is true. Can't pick them all. So what do you do? Maybe they will. Maybe they'll just pick seven. <laughs> <laughs> one way or another, we're bowling you out for one. <laughs> I mean, if you're sure that Rowett and Cody will stay in, then just yeah. Uh, um, I think they might rejig their batting line up actually. Yeah. So I think I think well, I mean Rahul did score some runs against Sri Lanka, but they brought in um, Agarwal. Mm. So uh, maybe just maybe there might be a bit of a change up. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not sure. I I think they're India. They are. They do like a chop and change. I think they played like sixteen players at the World Cup or something. They managed to get more players in, in the squad. Um, 
into into a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got. I, a, know, I mean, like, no, I don't think anyone knows but, their best eleven. So I've got a bit of a theory about about that. So rather than playing more players, and especially players like Pant, who's been kind of parachuted in, I think it still. They, they, I still think that their priority, as much as it's winning the World Cup, they love the IPL so much, and I think that actually bringing in more players to kind of bring around the squad and all this stuff. It makes more press, makes more... So, right, you're thinking you're, they're using the World Cup to pump the IPL? Yes. Okay, I mean, that seems a little bit far-fetched to me, I'm going to be honest with you. That's what, that's what, that's what the show's all about, far-fetched um, ideas. Well, here's a question then, why don't they do the same with their test team? Just, like, pick random players and why do they pick the best test team? But they, they hate test cricket, they're just like, they're, they're bored of it now, it's done. So why do all the good players play test cricket still? Not all the best, not all the best players play it, boring players play it. The guys who hit strike rates of 60... Gavistar's still opening for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting theory. I'm, I'm, I'm personally going to discount it. What about you, Rob? Um, I'm, I haven't. I've yet to see much evidence for it. Yeah, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Steel beams, though. Yeah, yeah. the melting point of steel beams. <laughs> Away from the conspiracy theories, um, I can definitely see like a, a, a Dhoni factor happening in this game. Do you yeah. remember when he was captain of the World Cup? Do you mean Donny batting India out of the game? Or do you mean Donny saving India? <laughs> Donny going, don't worry lads, I'm coming in at four, pushes everyone out of the way. <laughs> He's sitting at the back of the changing with his pants on going, they're not going to expect this. Um, what What do you think will happen? Uh, I reckon it's about 70% India at this stage. So I, I, I don't think they'll play both leg spinners. I think they'll pick Ravi Jadeja. Okay. And uh, so they increase their batting lineup. Yeah, and I think they'll bat first. They'll bat New Zealand out of the game, so India to win. Uh, I, I've got a feeling that they'll they'll be a bit of a twist to it. I think this is the kind of game. I don't know. Apart from Dhoni, I don't know whether the cool heads will prevail in the India team. And I, there'll be a bit of circumstances involved. But if you get Trent Bolt under some dark clouds mm-hmm. I mean it's humid if you don't live in England I mean like a lot of our listeners don't it might look tomorrow like it's cloudy and shit but it'll be like 23 degrees it'll be muggy the ball that's why the ball swings everywhere mm-hmm. it's not like that's just made for good cricket so far yeah yeah, yeah yeah it has um, the grand get, home <laughs> here we if go if you get if you get um, bolt uh, like 10.30 bolt in the morning at Old Trafford it's about perfect bolt conditions mm. if he doesn't do it then he's never going to do it yeah um Equally, if you get one of those pitches that slows down a lot and you get Ferguson banging in at halfway down, banging it in halfway down, sorry, and some are coming, around, coming through at head height and some are coming through at waist height, mm-hmm. that's perfect conditions for him. So there are, they, I mean, like I said, I think they've got the equipment to, to, to do this. Yeah, I, I think, again, the toss is very important here. Like whoever, like whoever wins the toss, they're going to bat first. I, I, I haven't said a lot. I think India will win. <laughs> 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 I think there'll be uh, there'll be some frantic moments, but uh, I, th- I think they've probably just got a bit too much. Okay, so what we're predicting is India versus Australia in the final. And, yeah, that's uh, that's a locked on certainty. I think we can say. And are, I, don't, I don't know if they actually are. So we're not actually covered this at all, and I'm not sure if either of you know. Do we have to have? a third place playoff in this tournament there's no third place playoff thank goodness for that yeah completely pointless that's one of the worst things in sport yeah absolutely I couldn't agree more Could just don't understand them <laughs> who's the not not even the best loser who's the third best loser <laughs> <laughs> best loser um, yeah well Rob thank you very much for that 
was 335 to win for India, and then came the near unbelievable part. Sunil Gavaskar batted through 60 overs and made 36 not out. I've never seen anything quite like it in a limited overs game before or since that day. It was almost as though they were having batting practice, either that or playing for a draw. England won the match by 202 runs. Thank you very much for listening. I think that's the end of the show. Yeah, just one more thing. If you want to get in touch, please do. The Cricket Pod, at The Cricket Pod, for Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Thecricketpod at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to send us an email, we'd love to hear about your cricket experiences, any games you've been at. Or... Ex-pros being weird. Yeah, Matthew Hayden, like, case in point. That's what we really want to hear about, is like creepy Australians. Absolutely. And I mean, this, this week, uh, we did get a message to uh, talk about Mark Butcher. So, oh yeah, Mark Butcher's. Um... So Mark Butcher's released an, a second album. Yeah, I didn't even realise he had a first album. He does have a first album. And uh, on the next show, we'll be talking about that in a little bit more detail. It's not. It's, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I think right. he's really found his artistic voice. Yeah, no, it's like you kind of when uh, an ex sportsman does something that's out of the groove, like uh, as uh, you, you want to round on them, don't you? It's not you know, like we don't want people to be good at two things. <laughs> Um, but it's all right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's how to get in touch with us. Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye. See you later. Goodbye. The Cricket Podcast. I think it should never be permitted to happen again. That is very good.